Welcome to this clinical condition. We are back with Sean Eno of Extreme Footworks. Uh, in this one, we are talking about orthotic trimming and just really what you should be looking to do depending on what you need. Um, this one specifically with a custom fit orthotic, but some of the general principles can be applied to just inserting an over-the-counter one, which Sean may or may not recommend uh, depending on the specific case, but Lots of good things to take away here. As always, if you're just listening to this, we highly recommend you check out the video. Enjoy. All right, we're here with Dr. Boland today to discuss trimming your custom foot orthotics. They are often, and in most cases, mailed without knowing exactly what brand of shoe style of shoe that they're going to go into in terms of the forefoot configuration. So when we look at a typical shoe, this is what we call a forefoot configuration. It's the pattern that the last uh, was shaped, um, the shape of the last that the shoe was created from. The last is a nylon or wooden uh, model of the foot that the shoe's constructed around last pattern is very relative to how the nose of the orthotic fits into the nose of the shoe. So here's just an example of where this is pretty close, really, to the outside. Um, if we look at the inside of it, the, uh, of course, everything's the left when I need it, right? When we look at the inside of it, essentially, we want an orthotic to sit flush inside the shoe, not too small so that it slides around inside the shoe, not too big so that it doesn't fit inside the shoe. This particular shoe also presents a forward-leaning heel counter here, which many shoes do. So it may seem like it doesn't fit, but it has to plop down in there and then recess back in that area as well. Um, so. The point of that is, is that these orthotics often show up with a larger forefoot paddle so that we can trim them to fit to any number of forefoot configurations. So when those are received by the practitioner or if you as the patient are doing this as well, you're gonna to wanna to take your factory out of your shoe and plate it, we use the term plate like stacking plates so that it fits on the edge of the counter flush here those are the edges of the heels and then we look and we get the pattern we take the factory and run our fingers up the side and make sure that the factory is centered up near the edge of the shell the edge of the shell of the orthotic is where the top cover leaves the plastic that is the shell edge and so once you've placed the factory onto the bottom of the orthotic and we can also test where we're at place on the top. So we recommend you do it on the bottom, place it on the bottom, draw your patient's factory insert onto the custom provided by the lab. And then you've got your demarcation here. And then you take a set of scissors and follow and trim around that line. We won't trim this today, but you understand. Um, bear in mind, you can always take more away can't put it back, you cut it too small, it becomes a problem for the lab to fix most likely. Um, and sometimes you'll need to trim a little width off here 
the lab does get the width usually pretty close because of the pedograph provided in most cases or we also can learn from the cast itself how wide the foot is and the the width of the shell portion of the orthotic is predetermined to the pedograph or cast um, and then the design but the shell is often or the top cover is often left a little wider than the shell and a little bit of trimming can also um, assist with uh, making sure that it then plops down and fits into the shoe well. Can you think of any questions or anything we've missed today, Dr. Bowen? No, I think it's pretty uh, self-explanatory. I think you, know, you covered it pretty well. Now we'll just go one step further. Um, I was answering my own question too. We can also trim orthotics. Uh, sometimes we'll provide them to the lab in what's called a sulcus link so that it fits underneath the ball of the foot but not underneath the toes. Um, if the cover is thinner than a five, like a three, three mil cover, see the thinness there, then you can often trim a cover uh, back to either that sulcus length value, which here's the metatarsal line of the orthotic. If you were gonna cut it met length, you'd cut it here. If you were gonna cut it sulcus length, you can cut it up there. The met length orthotic is typically more universally applied to um, dress shoes and shoes that didn't provide the patient with a, enough room to uh, have anything in the front. So if there is no factory removable insert from a shoe, then in many cases, a full length, most cases, a full length orthotic isn't gonna sit in the shoe unless the shoe is voluminous to begin with. Um, and so we can cut down a full-length orthotic to a met-length orthotic just by trimming the cover in advance of that line there. And then sulcus is just up in this area. And we can draw dots in front of each met head and cut to sulcus. And those are some advanced trimming techniques we don't expect anyone to do. You can order those lengths from the cover yourself. But when it comes to the issue of mailing things back and forth, there is the possibility for you to make some minute changes on your end um, or on the patient's end before sending it back to the lab. And with the caveat that anytime we mess something up with the covers, we can always resurface it and fix it at the lab to make it right. Sure. Right. So, so when a, a full length ordered, um, we would recommend taking that factory insert out then and using the full length lift in place of, so they're not putting them both in just to clarify. Right. Yep. Cool. And uh, we'll do a small segment on orthotic break-in at some point. We could talk about how the factory insert retains a role until you're fully familiar with the use of the orthotic and, or can be applied underneath the orthotic to take up volume, which can be an issue for like low volume slender feet. Um, and also for some shoes that just got constructed with a bunch of up-down um, Z-axis volume. And so some patients just end up leaving them in there, but in most cases they come out them. Okay. Uh, maybe this is a topic for uh, a question for a different topic, but um, how often do you recommend individuals replace their orthotic and or get them refurbished? So we all know how much a shoe lasts, right? So 
imagine you wear the same pair of shoes almost every day then that shoe is going to last you how long? So we can all kind of think back, oh, I had that one pair of shoes for X. It really comes down to about a year. Some shoes, if you're a runner, for instance, you're gonna have that shoe wear out a lot faster. So it's a step contingent reality. It also depends on who the patient is, how much they weigh, how much pounds per square inch they're exerting through their foot. Little old lady shows up, I can chide her gently and ask her if she's even worn them at all. Then we can have somebody who's like 240 and six foot come in and has them three months. And I'm looking at the top cover going, well, whoa, what you do it? <laughs> sure. And you know, they probably have the same thing going on with their shoes. So we try to look at the design features for a patient, build them a little burlier for those people that are harder on them. But the hard and fast rule is that when your shoes wear out, you ought to have a look at your orthotics too. And if they get paper thin, in certain places up here, especially past this shell, which has a more rigid and dense construction, therefore lasts longer. The general rule of orthotics is that uh, the more accommodative and cush they are, the less they last, so that durability and cush are inversely proportionate. Uh, for example, we build you a steel or a wooden orthotic that would last a very long time, but you wouldn't want to wear it. Sure. We can build you an orthotic that you would love day one that would be toast by day 10. Mm -hmm. So we try to fit in, the, in, in between. And so you look for complete compression of the cover underneath the med heads or the distal toes as an indication. It's time to have them resurfaced. And then you look for, you kind of like try to say to yourself, when I first got this thing, it had this arch profile. And just generally speaking, after several years, you're not gonna have this arch profile anymore. And you're also going to see some real wear around the heel cup, particularly in the EVA shell. Hard plastic, it's basically at the point where this cover is completely degraded and you start seeing the plastic show through the cover, then you've gone well past the point in time to have it resurfaced. We don't put a lot of people on plastic orthotics because most people can't tolerate a hard object against their foot. Mm -hmm. So it's really only for serious athletes and healthier feet on the active end of the scale. Sure. Maybe one or two out of 10 pairs. And I know you do refurbish, so uh, do you recommend they just send them in and you can be the determinant if it can be refurbished or if they should just start, start over with a new one? Yes, or if the practitioner has any questions, they can send photos so we can determine how toast they are. Cool. Um, the general rule on orthotic replacement is every four years roughly for the actual orthotic um the lab is uh, typically only keeping casts one to two years but as we shift into digital we'll have those casts longer we recommend everybody uh, consider a recast every five years due to changes in the feet but with the pedograph we can take pedographs and use a light box like looking at x-rays old school style and compare the pedographs. And if they don't look uh, size-wise that much different from each other, then the existing cast is probably good to use even after four or five years. So that's how they determine that. Cool. Sweet. The orthotics can be resurfaced two or three times if done in a timely manner. And the, the other thing it brings into question is some people don't like to um, part with their orthotics even when they're worn because they benefit from them so greatly that they should consider a second pair and two things that occur when ordering the second pair is that they can really compare the worn pair to 
the new pair to determine how hard they individually were on their orthotics and determine what that expected lifespan can be for the second pair, giving them a better idea of when to replace for that you know, third pair down the road, and also then gives them something to have in their shoes when they send the first pair in for a refurbishment. So the second pair kind of gives them the chance to mail in a pair to see if it's even, first to see if it's even worthwhile, then to mail them in and get them resurfaced, and then they can get those two pairs in kind of a shuffle for a little while longer, and they'll know when they need to order and fully replace the first pair with another pair. I recommend that for people who directly benefit and know they do, who can't live without them kind of thing, live in another market, their lab's in another town, two pairs just gonna last longer. It's kind of like if you used, you know, a pillow for odd nights on the calendar and another pillow for even nights, and those pillows got to air out and fluff up every night. Same thing goes with orthotics and shoes. If you give them a break and you're not beating them up every day, they tend to last longer than they would if you wear them every day. Hmm. Cool. All right. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks a lot, Kyle.